Long before Kylie released her single, Wow, Bananarama had an album called Wow. Are you sad like me and find little bits and pieces like that really, you know, exciting? I am one of those people. When Kylie released Wow, I thought, oh, Bananarama, Wow. Funnily enough, there is no song on the album Wow called Wow by Bananarama, which bothers the small brain of... (laughs) Tim, I have to say. It was released in September of 1987. It is a stock Aiken and Waterman classic. It is mm. just brim to brim of that sort of guff, that sound of the late 80s. And to join me to talk really briefly about this classic album, I have Megs Hello. and Lee from the United States. Welcome, Lee. Hello. First time. It is, yes. And I'm from not the United States, I'm from the UK. Oh, did I say United States? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's terrible. How embarrassing for Lee. <laughs> I mean, <I'm, laughs> I definitely meant United Kingdom. How are you, Lee? And and uh, tell others, how did you find us? Because I, I'm always encouraging people to reach out to us because this is, this is the everyday man's podcast and woman's podcast. How did you find us and how did you get in touch? I think I must have seen you on a lot of different groups on Facebook. I'm sure it's either a Stock Aitken and Waterman group or a Kylie yeah. group. Um, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's one of those. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then you reached out because you had something to say, which is good. I did, yeah, I love pop music. Yes, mm. that's what we're yeah, all about, so isn't it, Megs? Yeah, that's our big passion. Now, Megs, before we go any further, a big announcement today for the people that listen regularly to us, of which there are dozens now. <laughs> isn't that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> You've turned 18. Um, oh, yes, that's true. Yes, a few days ago I turned 18 and now I can go into... Uh, it's different in Australia to most places, but I can drink alcohol in public now, so that's very... Well, funny. I've been allowing you to do that since you were nine, but yeah, <laughs> absolutely, legally, you can do that now, yes. which is fantastic. Yeah. And like Frank Spencer often says, I'm a man. Yeah, you keep <laughs> saying that, but you know, I, I just consider myself a young man or a young adult. I don't feel like a man yet. Well, you're wearing the beret, though, and that's a good start. (laughs) No, I'm not. This is excellent stuff. No, it's very exciting. I was like, honestly, for everything that I say, it was a very emotional time for me. I actually didn't cope in the days leading up to your 18th birthday. You were with your mum a lot, not here, so I got to go fetal without you watching. It was a big thing to, to think back about when you were emerged via tongs and prongs into this world and your head came out like Mr. Whippy Cone. It was, yes. you know, I got to reflect on all of that and I just, where did the time go, right? Yeah, I know. It has been, it, it, it's crazy. It really crept up, didn't it? <laughs> it really did creep up. Yeah. For you, possibly not so much. You were living the childhood, but for me, yes, yeah. it crept up. Yeah. No, it came out of nowhere for me too. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. And come on, I, I, I usually wouldn't do this. And apologies, Lee, just on the sideline there. This is really rude. Um, Mr. Lee from the United States. Um, <laughs> t- tell us, what surprise did you get over there? Um, oh, yes, I got a new car. I got a car for myself. It's amazing. I know. And we're hardly the Packers. So this was a big thing, you know, to scrape together something. So, but I tell you what, if anyone has not, uh, some children ask for a lot. They're very demanding, demanding, demanding. You never, ever have. So your mum and I were like, no, you know what? He probably deserves this. And I was extremely surprised because everyone was saying, weren't you expecting something like that? And I was like, no, I had no idea whatsoever. Well, you go to a school where half of the student population would just expect something like that. But for us, you know, where we... What kind of car is it? What kind of car have you got? 
it's a Toyota Corolla. I think that's how you say it. I'm terrible with all the names, but it's a little silver car and it's beautiful and it drives very well. Do you know oh. what's funny, Lee? He doesn't have a license yet. Oh no. Oh, well, I have my L's. I can drive with my L's. So I just don't, can't do it on my own yet. You know what we're doing though, Lee and Megs? Um, a- anyone who's clicked on this because they saw the word Bananarama, they're just rolling their eyes and go, what the hell is this garbage? <laughs> what, what the hell is this? Yeah. I mean, come on, can you start talking about wow? If they know us, then maybe they'll care. If they know us, but most of the people who click on don't. <laughs> Welcome, Bananarama fans. You are a steadfast group, I tell you, because these, this, this uh, girl group still exists and they're only releasing music every yeah. couple of years years and some it's very hit and miss their last album mm. was well the single off it uh the two singles i think there was stuff were, like were really quite good stuff like that yeah, yeah. we're really good but the album ugh, ugh, yuck wow really? wow it made me high dry wrench dry <laughs> oh, reach sad. whatever you say oh, no. so well no it was pretty bad i i listened to it once and usually i give everything a go three times before i can make up my mind that mm. no, i wonder yuck. if anyone disagrees with you well if they do i'm sure they'll leave me slanderous comments comment. like they mm. usually do that damn australian and all the nasty things i've been reading <laughs> over the past couple of weeks thanks for that by the way guys keep keep leaving those nasty oh, comments yeah um, it's particularly good when I'm fetal with my son about to turn 18 and I put the iPhone to my face and through tears. I look at, oh, that nasty asshole Australian. Yeah. And say, like, oh, that's so sobering. That's lovely. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Uh, d- new albums aside, Wow is an amazing album. Lee, what do you make of Wow? Because you're about vintage, aren't you, where you were around oh, when this was first I released. am, yeah. I, it, was one of the, it was one of the times when I kind of got – it was my first – album and i have it on vinyl and i still have it um somewhere in in the attic um i loved it it was, it was <laughs> so why is it in the attic well because i don't have a record player anymore i i i didn't oh. embrace the kind of you know bringing vinyl back i just remember it from you know back in the day when it was a bit scratchy a bit jumpy um so yeah. i i have um certain albums displayed on the wall in, in frames, um, but oh, I obviously lovely. don't have a record player. But no, I loved um, I loved Wow. It was pro- it was it was proper pop music. It was really up tempo. Mm. Um, the videos were great. Um, yes. It was kind of like when Banana Armor became properly pop. They'd gone away from the kind of sulky sort of punky indie types to yes. you know, embracing that pop. So let's do a bit of an education here, Lee. You and I, feel free to chime in for, for Megs, who's only just really listened to this album for the first time. Banana Rama, funnily enough, did not start out. Like, they are, like, the symbol of of sugary pop, right? That's yeah. probably how you see them. They started off as three friends who yeah. wanted to make alternative, sort of just whatever type of music they wanted to, grunge, yeah. indie, mm. garage band, and and they th- sort of thrived in the in their early career from being for being really amateurish but yeah. somehow captivating. Yeah. And yet they went through, as you have been well educated by me previously, into <laughs> the pop machine, and yes. they came out the other end with something like Wow. Now this caused all kinds of conflict for Shabon. I think that's how you pronounce it, Lee. Is that right? Yes, it is Shabon. Yes. Shabon, yeah, and with and, Stockade and Mortimer. And I'm telling you. We should both get our hands on a book, if there is one, around the recording of this album and before, because it is 
the stuff of legends, her and Pete Waterman going at it. Mm. At, at one stage in the studio, this woman, who I could totally respect, although I think it was rather immature, <laughs> she, amongst the many, many delicious stories you can find, at one point she thought that these people – Stockache and Waterman mm. put the word love into so many songs that she absolutely refused to mm. sing the word love. So when it got in the studio, oh. the three of them singing together, she would literally she'd cover her mouth. Gap. No, she'd go, yeah, she'd leave a gap. She'd cover her mouth with her hands and refused to sing the word love. Oh my god, it's just amazing, mm. lovely things could happen in the late eighties. She <laughs> was still very punk though, wasn't she? And she kind of yes. accepted. She quite liked Venus, which is the first sort of production they did with, mm. with Stockhake and Waterman, mm. didn't they? But she, this was a bit too glossy for her. And I think mm. one of the songs in particular, Strike It Rich, she really yeah. did not like it. It was kind of like everything mm. that she wasn't um, as an artist. It was all, you know, very much about making money and, and that, that ethos of the 80s. And, that, and I think that was probably, from what I understand, one of the kind of final straws in, in her involvement in Bananarama. You're spot on. That's exactly around the point. But funnily enough, right, get this, right, this album is going mega, like, uh, yes. what do they call it, gangbusters in America, <laughs> they use that expression. Yeah. It's going gangbusters. She leaves before even all the singles yes. are released. Like, I Want You Back, right, Megs, is released. Yeah. And I, I it, no internet back then. In Australia, I'm watching it on Rage, the ABC music video <laughs> show, and I'm going, gee, that woman's changed a lot. That one on the end. <laughs> what the devil's gone on there? And it wasn't until yeah. decades later I realised, hang on, oh, they, they replaced the poor woman. Yeah, with some other lady, hmm. uh, Jackie O'Sullivan I was reading. Hmm. Yeah, We never felt quite part of it. Was she good, though? Uh, well, she describes her experience with Bananarama as – that she always felt like the third wheel. That they, yeah. I th mm. She doesn't go as far as to say they treated her poorly or coldly, but she always feels like she was just she reined in, in at the last. Yeah. Yeah. Lee's story she, about this. Go ahead, Lee. I don't think she ever kind of made any decisions from what you understand. I think that the the, no. the other, the, you know, Sarah and um, – um, I've forgotten her name. What's it, Sarah? So have I, Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at a picture now and going, well, that's Sarah. That's Shavot Jack. No, that and that's Jackie. Who was the other <laughs> one? Oh, that, how ridiculous. Um, I'm going to oh, put it down Can you age. imagine the banana rum? You're going to get one of the comments I usually get. Yeah. Bring it, it was, on. So it was Karen. Yeah, Karen. Um, right, so right. Karen and, and Sarah, they used to kind of make all the decisions about the videos and the, you know, what, mm. what, tours and stuff and jackie just kind of went along with it she was kind of like an employee rather yeah. than a, a member yeah and you would feel that way if you'd come in late and they already had this dynamic and knew what they were doing she was so excited when they asked i mean why wouldn't you be it's like they're on the back of this successful album and they're mm. like taking off in america venus had you know it was they were a big big in fact, I don't know, they certainly – I get this one, Lee. This is really strange. In the Guinness Book of Records listed as the most successful girl group of all time, it sounds like a load of old tosh to me. The Guinness Book of yeah. Records is a load of old tosh. That can't <laughs> possibly be true. But nonetheless, they are listed as that. So she didn't hesitate to get into it. That strike, a rich, strike it rich story that you told, Lee, um, reminds me a lot of Madonna's material girl because she yes. – not that she fought it at the time of recording, but she came to really – um, be concerned yeah because it's, she said people didn't get the irony of it yes. much like this lady I'm sure didn't get that strike it rich is you can interpret it many ways it doesn't have to be about money it could be yes. about you know if yeah. you have a hard time in love then keep going until you find it or yeah. whatever I mean it's just mm. classic SAW yeah yeah and it's a shame she left because like the, 
the other two were willing to sort of evolve and move forward into a new sort of genre. Mm. Um, and, you know, it would have been good if she'd stuck around. Like, it seems a shame to me. Funnily enough, they never had really big success after this album. I mean, that some fans would be booing me for saying that, but they never. They never reached for Dizzy Heights again. Yeah. What stands out on this album, Lee, for you? I mean, there were some killer singles off this, wasn't there? There was. The, it, it, I'm surprised it didn't. The actual album didn't wasn't as high in the charts as I remembered it. I remember it being everywhere, but... But I think it it kind of only got into the like twenties in in the UK. Um, but yeah, there was a mm. lot. There was like a run of of, of like their most popular singles. Um, I can't help it. I heard a rumor, love in the first degree, Nathan Jones, and I want you about massive, massive singles. Um, mm. I I really liked the, the the album version of Nathan Jones because um, it kind of went yes. on for about five minutes or so. Um, but yeah. it, it it was more it it. It sounded, I felt, better than the single version that they released. Yeah, I agree with you. I've been listening to the album version. The one thing I didn't realise until recently is, okay, you said it was one of your first albums or possibly I think you said firstly. For me, I had a little cassette drawer which cost me $5 and that was a lot. That was all my savings. (laughs) And then I started putting my cassettes in there, right? Three drawers, very satisfying. That's when I started... Uh, been introduced to the world of cataloging quite frankly and my first cassette and only cassette out of these 30 slots in the drawers was kylie because that was my mm. first ever album mm. i was sort of won that i won a father's day competition my dad won a hundred dollar voucher and i he said do you want anything and i had never realized i a bit like you i didn't really mm. ask for much and i said yeah. oh and they brought me the kylie cassette anyway banana rama wow was the second cassette i had and it's this is quite a short album. It only goes for about 40 minutes, mm, but it was yeah. delicious. The whole thing was um, amazing from woe to go, frankly. I don't think there's many uh, fillers in there for me. Mm, and, and from what I'm re- reading here, it went really well in Australia compared to everywhere else. Like, we just sort of lap this one As up. usual, albums that aren't successful, well, as successful in other uh, territories, they do well in Australia because we have the best taste. Impossible yeah. Princess was one of them by Kylie. Yes. You know? It looks good for us. I like that a lot. I did. We pick up on... on we, ha- we have taste, Lee. <laughs> you do. You do. You ha- I have to say that. <laughs> Although, we, I'm going to question Peter Andre, but it's not about him today. It's about Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, he's definitely not Australian. We we have this habit in Australia of saying, you know, uh, like Russell Crowe, probably New Zealand, but we go, no, he's Australian. Yeah, he's good. He's Peter Andre, who probably technically is Australian, we like to say he's probably from the Greek island. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. We've definitely disowned Peter Andre, although I've seen him in interviews. He seems like a lovely man, unfortunately, after all this time of thinking that wiggling man with the open shirt from back in my day <laughs> turns out to actually be a quite a nice man. I saw him interviewed on some YouTube video recently. Mm. Anyway, we digress. So, again, we're not going to go track by track. For people who are familiar with our podcast, we usually go for an hour. We're not doing that with these. These are short, sharp, snappy, just overviews of albums. And we're going to give it a score. How juvenile is that? But before we do, what's your standout track, Megs, for, for this? And what are the duds? Well, for me, Love in the First Degree has to be the standout because me and Mum really like this song together. It's, it's sort of like a memory song for me. Oh, look, if your um, Mum likes it, then it's probably in the dud pile, isn't it? No. it. We, we have this um, video clip CD at home, yeah. um, which has all like video clips from the 80s thing. and 90s. Yeah, and Mum loves this one to death, mm. uh, and so do I. Do you know and how many people... I know this is inappropriate. Have like uh, it caused some sort of sexual fantasy? This is like, mm. hear me out on this. Without all these, I've got about five people that I know, unrelated to each other, don't know each other, who've said to me, 
uh, and I'm talking all sexual orientations too. I know two <laughs> straight guys who've said to me, oh, back in the day, that film clip, I used to dream about that. I used to wake up. I think it's something to do with the whole prison thing. And, yeah. And, you know. it, it is a scenario that they set up in the video clip, I guess. But then some gay friends that I have too talk about the dancers in it being their sexual awakening. Oh, right. Oh, and well, even yeah. your sister. Who's mm-hmm. ten? Mm-hmm. She watched it for the first time. Yes, and she was, and a she bit was like scandalized. She was scandalized, and I'm thinking, compared to what's that cat woman? Oh, Doja Cat. Doja Cat. Like like, I'm thinking, yeah. seriously, this is nothing. But she got down and did the movement, and when Lisi yeah. did it on the floor here, I went, we like, "Stop that! Cut yeah. it out! That's really not okay." Yeah, no, and I never actually saw it that way, even for a second. I was just no. always in love with the not music. Not until you saw the... your ten year old sister down there doing <laughs> that funny crawling thing that they do in that video clip. That was just supposed to be a funny thing because then they can pop their heads up. I know. Th- yeah. This is the lighthearted video. But anyway, yeah. it's a very... Until a 10-year-old does it. <laughs> I love that video and love the song and um, it's just got a lot of good memories for Any me. duds? I, uh, no. And I would also say that's probably not my, my favourite song in terms of the music on its own mm. if you didn't have the memory attached to it. I'd say I Can't Help It might be my favourite. That's single. Uh, that's the opening track, I think, isn't it? Um, I don't know. It's one of the singles. I think it is. Yep, yep. Yeah, and I just love it. I love it too. And the mm. film clip seems like at the time for me, um, uh, deliberately, I'm sure, but it seemed like a little bit more grainy and unpolished. But that's interesting. And Lee, over to you. Like, what what do you see as the standouts here? And and dare I say the duds? Oh, well, for me, it was "I Want You Back," which is, I think, is the last song on 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 the album, um, mainly because they had this ridiculous dance routine um, <laughs> that that they did, and I can still do it now. Whenever this song comes on, the chorus bit, I can launch into that dance routine, and it's just a great pop record. Um, the one that I wasn't particularly keen on, which is the one that I would always skip, would be "Once in a Lifetime." It's kind of a, I don't think Stock Aitken Woman did brilliant ballads to be honest with you um and it's it's okay um but it, it it's not my favorite feels a bit obligatory doesn't it like they felt like they had to put one in somewhere it's a sweet song though i mean yeah but i i would probably be funnily enough lee and, and i mean this quite sincerely the same two that i've got jotted down i want you back because if anyone knows me they know the more sugary and poppy it is uh, and the video clip was absolutely way and overtly over the top. I think they paid homage to some of the, the you know, the, the Motown singers. Yes. Is that the yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and for me, uh, there are no duds, but if I had to pick a, a dud, I don't want to pick a dud because I'm looking at them all going, I love them all. Like, I love Come Back, um, although if, sometimes if I skip, I might skip that one. Um, strike it rich, funnily enough, maybe because I've heard it so much. Once in a li- I think I'm with you. Once in a lifetime mm. would have to be the dud. But isn't it good that we struggle to find it as well? Yeah. I'll be honest. Like, there's a couple in there that I'm not a huge fan of, of like some girls. Did you pipe up from the sideline? You had your <laughs> shot. Yeah. No, well, I'm just saying, like, a couple of them, they didn't really grab me very much. Maybe I'd need to hear them a few more times. Well, be specific. Which ones? I think it was some girls. Um, oh, no, that's sacrilegious. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and maybe once in a lifetime. I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I think the singles are the ones that I really like. Well, if anyone wants like a, a healthy slice of, of 80s, early 90s, um, Stock Aiken and Waterman classic, this is this is an album like it. Like it, the only ones that would be more prime examples, possibly Rick Astley, Jason and Kylie, mm. I would say. And it, it never slows down the tempo, does it? They're all upbeat and fast. Well, once and- in a lifetime. 
yeah. it slows down a bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think it was good because it it had it, it was stuck at and Walton, but it it wasn't that at that stage where they'd gone really really formal, Eric, and everything sounded the same. They, they, there was still a difference in the sounds of some of the songs, which which was good. Mm. Can I tell you, I'm so glad you mentioned that because to me, I always wondered um, where that came from. And now that I've done research more recently, I've seen, you know, with the advent of YouTube, you can go back and see all of them telling their stories. I would say that might have been part of the, in inverted commas, negotiation between the ladies and Stockache and Waterman trying to find that middle ground of this is too sugary. So I agree. When I listened to it, I felt like dare I say, this was actually edgy compared to the music I was listening to at the time. Some of the track, like Strike It Rich, even having the word bitch in it, mm. um, which I would have thought was unheard of on a SAW, which is why I thought that that lady might have liked that song. But some of the, I don't know, there just was a, there was a slight, um, not harshness, but there was an edge, wasn't there, Lee? Something mm. slightly, not less formulaic, as you say. Yeah, yeah. Have you heard, by the way, Lee, I Want You Back, has uh, the demo version on some of the new... Um, re-releases and I it's called ha- something else. Yeah, and it's I have. strange. Yeah, because it, it, they used to do a lot of different versions, didn't they, of songs that then became something else. I don't mind it. Um, I, I prefer the chorus that- was different, though. You, yeah. you don't get the words, I want you back. It was something like, I can't remember. I should disgraceful that i can't remember but the whole chorus was different the verses were the same i have to say i did go and see the girls when they reunited a couple of years ago so the original lineup and um yeah yeah, they did all the singles off this album and it was pretty good um i think you can you you can really tell which is siobhan's voice i think once siobhan left You can't really differentiate between the the two girls' voices, but when Siobhan's singing, you can hear that. A hundred percent. And what's really interesting about Bananarama, unlike other girl groups or possibly any of them, they don't have solos. They were always Mm. singing together throughout the whole track. Mm. And if they ever did have a solo, and I'm sure someone will leave me a comment and prove me wrong here, but it it was a rare occasion. They just sung together. Yeah, yeah. I've got to please let me put an honourable mention in for a song that I had never heard until I went back for the sake of this podcast and I listened to a different version of the album, some deluxe there's so version many or different something. Versions. Oh, there's too many. It's just stupid, frankly. Mm. But there's this song that goes. The whole time, right? And I'm thinking, this is bizarre. And then it's like, dirty, 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 dirty. <laughs> it's the funny, one of the funniest songs I've ever heard. I was actually laughing hysterically on my way to work. It's called Mr. Sleaze. Oh, and right. It is yeah, just ridiculous. Like, if you wrote that about a woman for a start, like <laughs> Mrs. Slut or something, I mean... <laughs> And it's just like he's dirty, 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 he's unpleasant, he smells. He's dirty, 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 he's unpleasant, he smells. Unbelievable. There's like a rare groove remix here written on. Of Mr. Slees? Yeah. Mm. They remixed that? Maybe that was a remix you were hearing even. It was a big hit in the clubs in the UK. Was um, it really? Yeah, it didn't get into I've the charts, heard of it. but it it was a hit in the in the discotheques, as as we used to say. It sounds so not what they were doing. It's uh, like the opposite of what they were doing. Pete Waterman would have just fallen over and clutched his chest if he heard <laughs> that. Do you think? Do you think it possibly could have been about Pete Waterman? Could it have been <laughs> Siobhan's, <laughs> Siobhan's swan song? <laughs> 
Oh, that's so rude. <laughs> Poor Pete. I don't think there's been he's, – he's one of the few people from that era who hasn't been caught up in the Me Too movement. But thank you very much, Lee, for bringing him into it. That's yeah. brilliant. <laughs> Poor him. Poor Pete. What of it? Hey, listen, Megs and Lee, thank you so much for talking about WOW. We're going to wrap it up with a uh, score, a juvenile score. We're on the playground now. We're in year six again, Lee, all right? And you've just okay. Why do you give it? Why do you give it out of ten? Oh, can we do half points? Ah, uh, oh, I'm doing a quarter, so you can. Do doing a quarter. I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it eight and a half. <laughs> eight and a half. That's eight point really five. Good. Yeah, you must was, really like good it. Pop. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Megs, I give it an eight. Give it an eight. Yes. Solid eight. Solid eight. Okay, I'm going to go eight and a quarter. Oh, yeah. Just because when I was on the playground, I always wanted to be different and annoying. <laughs> yeah. By the way, I had a chicken stock cube um, container with none. The chicken stock cubes have been used, and that's where I used to save my money, like my oh. pocket money. And I remember buying Enjoy Yourself by Kylie. I saved in that chicken stock cube jar for months until I had enough money. I gave it to my dad and he went up to Bombay Junction to get Enjoy Yourself on the very first day because I had nailed it when it was coming out and he bought a copy for um, my friend gave him money too, mm. brought back one copy and a blank cassette and said, you can just copy yours from his. You'll save a lot of money that oh, way. No. There were tears and tantrums. Yeah. And, yes, my head was that, in the pillow. <laughs> it's such an accurate story because it's so practical, but you like the mystique of the whole thing. Oh, man, it had been a big investment, like, of yeah. time and money. <laughs> like, that stock cube, uh, yeah, I think the stock cube jar got chucked across the room. Anyway, that's a whole other oh, story. God. And I'm giving away too much. Hey, Lee, this was your very, very first time on Time to Talk. You've been awesome. Have you enjoyed it? I have. I lo I've loved it. It's great to talk about music that you remember really fondly from 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 years gone by. So yeah, it's been wonderful. Different times, right? Much simpler, happier times. Yeah. Pre. Uh, what do they say? BC before children. Um, Cameron, <laughs> Megs. Mm -hmm. Um, what? Have you had a good time? Oh, yes. <laughs> I didn't know you I hadn't asked me. you a question, actually. No. I'm looking at you with a question mark, but I hadn't yes, asked one. His one was specifically for him. But yes, no. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. Yes, I love talking about music and Banana Rama. I've always loved them. And I love that sort of style of music because I, I would have loved living in the 80s. Like you say, it seemed much simpler and happier and the music was better. I'll tell you what, though, that mm. iPhone in front of you wouldn't have existed, so that would have been tough for you. <laughs> yeah. Hey, anyone listening, please leave a comment. What do you think of Banana Rama's 1987 album, Wow? What can you tell us about it that we've missed, which is probably a whole stack? Thank you so much, Lee and Megs. Thank you. You're welcome.